G'day, how the bloody hell are ya? How are ya on this beautiful Sunday afternoon, mate? If you're living up in the Pilbara at the moment, it is a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Finally getting the days and the evenings that we we sort of live for up around these parts, to be honest. Had a, a fire pit last night um, with my beautiful wife. Wifey is back. She's been away for a few weeks, man. So she's back uh, on Friday. We're, we're glad to have her back. That's for sure. Had a fire pit with her. Had a fire pit with me. One of my good mates last weekend. Didn't do a podcast last weekend. Um, had a fire pit with him and smoked a cigar, drank some tequila, talked some shit. That was nice. Pretty much did the same thing last night with the missus. Um, drank some tequila, smoked a cigar. Only I smoked a cigar last night. Talked a bit of shit. Um, and then this morning we did like a bit of a Mother's Day because she was away for Mother's Day. So breakfast in bed and, you know, coffee in bed and then woke up, did some presents with the kids and it was nice, you know. Um, yeah, it was pretty sad for her to miss Mother's Day here. So to, to make up and have our own special one was, was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, man, it's it, again, it is nice to have her back. I'm sort of looking forward to getting back into... Um, a routine, my routine, a little bit in the mornings, doing doing the gym, going to the gym in the mornings again, rather than the afternoons, which has been kind of a shit house. Managed to make it work, um, managed to stay in shape, but it's been it's been difficult. Um, and I think if the longer uh, that I had to do that for the the more and more I'd slide because I really don't have enough time in the afternoons. But look, man, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, one of the young fellas from work reckons my, my nickname's going to be uh, WD40 because I turned 40 this year. And if you don't know, now you know, my name is Warren Dave Robinson. I go by my middle name. So WD40, and I thought, that's not too bad, mate. You know, WD40 is super handy. You like to have it around. It can fix most situations you get in. Slippery little sucker when it needs to be. So it's not the worst nickname in the world. Uh, but look, man, I was thinking about it and I'm like, you know what, man, I'm in better shape now than I was when I was 21. You know how satisfying that is? So imagine if you had a car since you were 21 and you're now turning 40 or you had a car since you were 20 and you turned 40 and it's in better condition now than it was when you first bought it, Right. And it wasn't a new car; it was a second-hand car. And it's not a garaged vehicle. Like this is your this is your daily driver. This is your work cute, mate. And you've been driving this thing around for twenty years, and it's in better shape than when you started. That is super satisfying, mate. You've you've redlined this vehicle. You've driven it drunk. You crashed it, pranged it. You've overloaded it. You've let some questionable people have a ride in it. Left the keys in the cunt outside your house over a long weekend. 
you know. He made some good decisions and then fixed up the damage he'd inflicted on it and, and um, got it to a point where it was in better shape than when you first took it out for a spin, mate. That is bloody satisfying. I really can't express that enough. So, yeah, I'm turning 40. But yeah, man, I've got the kept the kept the rig in 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 good running order. So that's that's something to uh, I salute myself for that. Thanks, mate, very much. It's could have gone a lot of a lot of different ways. And you know, I look at a lot of people I went to school with and blokes of my vintage, and you know, I think more often than not, it does go the other way. So pretty happy about that. Um, what I. What, what I want to talk about, what's been on my mind lately, there's a lot been on my bloody mind lately, so it's more about st- more about figuring out where I want to start, what I want to talk about, because, um, you know, I follow certain political and influential figures online and on social media, and, 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 and it kind of gives you this broad view of what's going on in the world. Sometimes you can maybe get caught up and... And become interested in things that don't really have much of an effect on on your life, or that you've got no no say in, um, and they can feel like they're things that are. Oh my goodness! Involuntary yawn. Yeah, they can feel like things that are a part of your your everyday life. They're of concern to you, but it's because you're you're seeing them and hearing about them from people's perspectives all the time. Um, but one thing that that definitely is something that I'm interested in is part of you know, will be part of my sphere of influence in the coming years as my kids get a bit older, is kind of all this weird shit that's sort of going on in the background, maybe not even in the background, but is going on and is starting to become more and more of a talking point in Australia. And being Australia, we're late to the party by five or so years and we'll be making poor decisions long after the the people at the forefront of these discussions have turned the corner and started heading, heading the other direction. That's just how we do it here. We're, with the internet, it's mind-boggling that that's how we're still five to seven years behind the rest of the world in most things, but we are. But there's like – again, it depends where you get your information from and who you follow and what you pay attention to. And But it really does seem to me like these left-wing ideologues uh, seem to be out of control on these in these small pockets you know and it wouldn't it, it wouldn't be such a problem if the cops and the authorities in certain areas <coughs> victoria um, weren't acting as like enforcers for these groups so let me explain that a bit. I, I follow uh, Avi Yemeni of Rebel News and uh, the Real Rukshan, who's another independent reporter. They're two ethnic Australian right-wing independent uh, journalists. And they kind of seem like – it seems like the only right-wing media in Australia right now are independents. You know, in the States they have Fox and CNN as the two juxtapositions to each other, but we don't really have that. We have left-wing media, uh, everything from Triple J right through to all to, to all your, your um, other commercial station radios and news uh, programs. And now if it was the other way around and it was too many right-wing journalists and their point of view was was – which has been in the past, was the predominant one. That would be an issue too. But this is how it is right now, right? 
is the left wing who have too much power and seem to have a foot in every nook and cranny. Now, any kind of unchecked ideological voices on either side are a problem because they only want the one thing, which is what their side wants, and they they think as a group instead of individually, and they just they they tend to to act and react on what they think is going to win. Like that's their tactic: is do the thing that's going to make this us us win. So, um, you know, and I. One thing I'm thinking about this about, you know, I mentioned Victoria. I'd, I'd love to know if this backing of, of these sort of measures and this uh, narrative by police and other authorities is, is sort of isolated to Victoria or if the other states have had the same issue as well. I know during COVID that Queensland and New South Wales police force were, were forces for the premiers, you know, and is that still happening? I don't know. Why was that happening? But which is weird. They're not the the, the 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 police force are not the premier's private army, which is how they were used. Definitely in in Victoria, quite quite obviously and heavily. Um, you know, this police, this Victorian police on camera, blatantly flaunting the law, flaunting the law, and just bashing people for going to protests, like bashing women and and group bashing men because they were going to protests that they thought was not the right kind of protest for people to be going to. It's bloody scary, mate. Nothing happens to them, you know? Nothing happens. Um, it's bloody scary. And um, I don't know, sometimes I think we seem like a pretty weak society when it comes to these things because we don't stand up for ourselves. We don't push for change. We don't let our voice be known. So, yeah, I mean, I know nurses seem to – nurses sort of strike a fair bit. Um, you know, that's kind of part and parcel with their, their union and whatnot. But as a country, we don't do a whole lot of that, man. Uh, you speak to European people who, who uh, um, you know, anti-lockdown and vaccination and whatnot throughout COVID, and they had a completely different reaction to it, man. They made their governments alter the way they were dealing with the system because they, they actually had strikes, like in UK and France and Germany. They rioted and protested and... Um, they sort of they made the government really change the way they were handling this, the situation where we just copped it. And we still you talk to the normal man on the street and they still talk to you like as if COVID was really as important as serious as we were told. And that they, they, they kind of like I feel like we're brainwashed in this country or we're not as a culture, it seems like we're not good at critical thinking. I can't put my finger on why that is. But it definitely seems like you talk to the average Joe blogs and they will tell you that vaccinations were just something that needed to happen, that COVID was serious and we had to do the things we had to do. The government, you know, aren't lying to us. They're not hiding things from us. They don't really know about all the the, the hidden um, side effects uh, from from the vaccine, like the, the Pfizer document that came out. That, but the average Australian doesn't know or seem to care about all that kind of shit, which is very, very strange to me. Um, and you know, as a country, when we were told to do what we were told to do, we sat down, we did what we were told, and we shamed anyone who didn't do the same thing. You know, we 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 othered people who weren't falling in line so quickly. It was really scary and quite fucking pathetic, to be fucking honest with you, mate. Embar- made me embarrassed in a lot of ways to be an Australian. The way we as the people handle that, and the way we as the people in general are still talking about it now. You know, if you don't realise that it was so many horrible things were done and the pharmaceutical companies had so much leeway and power 
uh, that we gave to them and our government fucking lied to us and, and coerced us and bullied us and treated us poorly and, and, and it wasn't what we were told it was and the media lied to us. If you don't realise all that shit, fuck, man, like, I don't know, like, lose my number. You know what I mean? At this point in the game, if you, if you were so blind to that, then, I, I mean, I can't be mad at you, but probably not a whole lot you and me have to speak about, you know, if you can't be, if you can't think critically on that. Something as obvious and blatant as that. So, I don't know what the fuck that's about, man. Is it because we're a bunch of convicts who grew up being told what to do and, and we just never grew out of it? I mean, look at the USA, man. They, they told Mother England to fuck off years ago and, and we're still under their wing for some strange reason. Like, what benefit do we have to be in the Commonwealth? Maybe I'm just thick and there is a good chance of that. But someone who knows better. Please educate me as to why we still need to be part of some sort of – why we need to still be some sort of subsidiary of Great Britain. Like, why is the Queen's head on our money? The Queen's obviously dead. The fucking, are we going to put the King's head on our money now? Like, the King that, that is fake? Like, a fake King that does nothing? Um, why do we sport the Union Jack on our national flag, where the Ab- Aboriginal flag should sit instead? Like, in my opinion, you know, we should have that incorporated into our flag. Instead, we've got the fucking Union Jack in there. It's weird. You know? Uh, and we don't even make it easy for English immigrants to become Australian citizens. So, on one hand, we pretend to be loyal subjects. And on the other hand, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, mate. Oh, yeah. It's fucking very weird, mate. It's very, very, very weird. So, yeah, I don't know, mate. That whole vaccination fucking thing. I was at a, uh, I had to bite my tongue the other day. I was at a friend's house. Uh, there was mutual acquaintance uh, who dropped by, and somehow the COVID situation came up, and we were just chatting normally. I didn't bring it up. I wasn't really going to engage in it. But the other guy, he's a nice guy and everything, right? But he just arrogantly announces, um. The COVID division in this country was basically stupid people versus smart people. My ears kind of pricked up. And he's like basically indicating that we were all smart because we got vaccinated and others didn't. So they were, so we were the smart ones and they were the dumb ones. And I'm like, what the fuck? And it was like, it wasn't the right time or place to fire up and debate this fucking dude. Um, but man, it made me angry, eh? I'm like, I, I feel stupid and weak. For getting the damn vaccination I wish I didn't It didn't work well People died Weird shit happened They lied They bullied It was a major breach Of human rights And this fucking Halfwit Thinks that He was smart For getting it We were smart For getting it Because we were Fucking told to For being good boys And turning our brain off And just doing What the government And the media Told us to do Like I did Like Like they have Our best interests interest In heart And then he went on To say that Oh, uh, you know, oh, it's so strange that the virus seems to be targeting the unvaccinated and then starts laughing about it. And like, I'm like, what the fuck? At this point, I had to interject and just said, well, that's not true at all, though, is it? Um, because clearly the statistics don't show that kind of disparity or clarity between vaccinated and unvaccinated. And actually, what they do show is in the other direction, that which is only, you know, more vaccinated people got COVID than unvaccinated, which means nothing because that's just the pure majority numbers versus the minority. So... 
I'm thinking, what the fuck? And then I just thought better of it and said to myself, look, the guy's an idiot. Who knows what the fuck news and radio station he listens to? What robotic mainstream Bane washing media he's exposed to and fucking eats hook, line and sinker? Just fucking leave it, man. Let him, leave him in his shallow, misguided sphere of influence and, and don't engage in the convo. Just be fucking polite, man. Not here, not now, not with this dude. But that's how, like, that's probably a, a, a very popular point of view this dude's point of view and i don't I, I, am i crazy to have the complete opposite point of view am i crazy like i am not a conspiracy theorist i'm fucking suspicious of all conspiracy theorists because so many fucking dumb pricks are into them they're dumb and they go hook line and sinker for all of them and you're just like you're a fucking idiot but they kind of tarnish any legitimate conspiracies because they're so fucking they're so stupid with them. Um, but, you know, this one, was, this is not not what, how it was sold. You know, what, what the narrative was isn't the reality on this fucking situation. I thought that was pretty clear at this point in time. But I guess not to everyone, probably not to most people, which is, you know, more reason for me to feel like, I'd, I don't know, I just don't belong in this society in a lot of ways. I don't know where the fuck I'm so, like where my place is in a in a society that thinks like that. Do you know what I mean? Do you ever feel like that? Like, where the fuck do I belong? If this is what people think and how we act as a fucking a whole, where is my place? Just sitting at the table like a good boy, fucking doing what I'm told. You know, I don't know about that, man. Fuck me. Tell you what else. This is a bit of a fucking negative rant podcast, really, isn't it? Because <laughs> there's some shit going on in the background. I've got some shit going on in my mind at the moment, man. So bear with me. I'm cleaning out my closet, as Eminem would say. But I'll tell you what else sucks, mate. The mental health system sucks. The mental health system is failing people in need, right? Um, I know this because I have people very close to me who uh, have needed the mental health system and have been are involved in it and are entrenched in it and have been let down consistently. They make it hard and expensive to get quality and consistent care. Unless you're rich and have the resources to pay private doctors huge sums of money, the system literally just doesn't do a good job Good job of looking after the individual, mate. Um, you know, like, that's the health system in general, in my opinion. We, we, we are great at treating symptoms, performing emergency surgeries, fixing fucking joints and ligaments, doing plastic surgery, all this amazing shit, all this amazing shit, no doubt, right? Doctors do amazing shit, right? But how are we going as a species with our overall health? You know what I mean? Like our physical health, our mental well-being, our fitness level, our chronic illness. Why are so many people fucking chronically ill right now? Do you think that the medical system is lowering the number of people that are chronically ill, physically or mentally? Like I'm asking these questions for you to ask yourself and tell me if I'm fucking wrong. Do you think that that's the case? Um, and I know they're doing amazing things, treating the symptoms, and clearly there's pe- these people are far smarter than than a dumbass chippy like myself, right? But with that said, are we getting healthier? Yeah? Have you seen the average, the state of the average person today compared to like seventy years ago? We, we are a, we're a different thing. 70 years ago, we weren't all fat. We weren't all dying of heart disease left, right, and center. We didn't have food intolerances and gut inflammation and record numbers of diabetes. We weren't fucking offing ourselves at such a rate that suicide should, by all measurable means, be declared a fucking pandemic. 
How many people are dying of suicide every day? Go do the fucking Google search, mate. The numbers are horrific. We're supposed to be so far advanced, so smart, so evolved, yet we're fat and unhealthy, we're overworked, we can't afford the base cost of living and, 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 and save money at the same time, we're dying of heart disease like crazy and killing ourselves in fucking record numbers. What the fuck is going on? What is happening? And they talk about mental health so much, but when you, when you are in need or you know someone who's in need, it, it, it there ain't no walk in the park getting the help that they need. You know, how many people do you know that have suffered from mental health, went to a psychologist or a psychiatrist, took an antidepressant for six months, did 10 therapy sessions and was healed of their mental illness and went on about their life? How, how many people? Tell me your stories, man. I'd love to hear them. How many people? Because I don't know anyone who's been affected by mental illness, either themselves or through someone that they love. I don't know anyone who the story goes like that for. Do you know what I mean? It goes more like this. You get sick. You get prescribed, prescribed drugs straight away with very little testing to see if it's a, uh, if it's a good fit for you. Uh, you go to expensive therapy sessions as long as you can afford it. The whole thing costs an arm and a leg and you just become a regular in, in the system, swapping from medication to medication, trading side effect for side effect, adding new medication to deal with the side effects from the, the problems that have popped up from, from, the, from the first drugs you were put on or since you were first prescribed. Pretty soon you know you're a fucking – you don't even know what baseline is anymore. You're a walking – fucking rattler with fucking pills just juggling around inside you, mate. You don't know what baseline is, in, is anymore. And the advice is never to come off everything, exercise, cut out all processed foods, seed oils, leave your job to go find something that gives you meaning and joy in life. No, it's just switch drugs and, and, and keep talking to, to people who are embedded in the system using the same old tired fucking tricks. No one gets better. Very few get better anyway. Uh, obviously, I'm passionate about this, right? Uh, uh, and the only light at the end of the tunnel that I can see is the use of psychedelics. And I'm shit scared that they're going to fuck that up as well with the same cookie-cutter approach that they that they use um, by, by watering it down, you know? Um, there's a lot of positive things going on in the psychedelic fucking uh, research space now, 40 years after it should have been going on, but at least it's fucking happening now. Um, you know, it looks positive. It looks fucking expensive right now. If you want to be a part of the the, the, the psilocybin trial going on at Fiona Stanley this year, um, which is the largest in the country and a huge step forward in medical science in this area, but apparently uh, therapy to be a part of this fucking trial is in the neighborhood of like ten to $20,000. Like what the fuck? Who, who has that kind of money? Like the normal people to be involved in this? And for what, mind you, turns out to be in over 80, 80% of cases tends to be like two therapy-assisted sessions with people and yeah, over 80% of the people are, are, are reporting being healed of things like PTSD, depression, OCD, fucking anxiety, all these other crippling disorders. That's how effective it can be with the right therapy in the right setting. How many people do you know are healed from fucking taking a couple of antidepressants and doing a couple of therapy sessions? I'll wait. Yeah, fucking mental health system, and watch watch your kids too, because they're starting to, they start yeah, they start them real young trying to diagnose them, mate. We've had them after our kids for autism and ADHD, fucking already for years now. Fuck off, suck my dick. I don't care what label you want to put on them. They're kids, good smart kids who are figuring out life, and we're fucking looking to pump drugs into them. 
because it makes things easier for us or for the teacher to manage them, apparently. People swore my boy had autism two years ago, right? Oh, something, he's definitely on the spectrum, you know, we need help with him at school, this and that. We just fucking pushed back, said, no, we'll put in the effort, help, you know, do what we need to do to fucking help him where he's, where he's, where he's struggling and where he's socially awkward and where he's this and that. Two years later, he's a normal fucking kid, man, with a poor attention span and some small sensory issues, like, but he's a normal kid, you know? We didn't label him. Don't want us to label him because it was fucking a bit of extra work. And we're so sure of ourselves about these things as well. The professionals are anyway. You know, they don't know. They don't fucking fix anyone, and we're and we're slowly getting worse. But they're so fucking sure of themselves. How much do you actually fucking know? If I told people what was wrong with their house and recommended a bunch of expensive things we needed to do to fix it, and nothing ever got better, only fucking consistently worse, we had to involve other people to do their ineffective maintenance as well. I wouldn't have a fucking job. You'd tell me I didn't know what I was fucking doing. You'd say, this cunt doesn't know what he's fucking doing. But with the healthcare and the mental health system, it's all good. Just keep fucking up. We'll keep trying, throwing shit at the wall. And we'll consistently fail and people will consistently get sicker and sicker. And then they just call themselves experts. So I don't know, man. If you've got some positive stories in the mental health space or with chronic illness, Healed, went to the doctor, they fucking did this, did that, bit of nutrition here and there, couple of coaching sessions, therapy sessions, whatever it was, and you were fucking healed. Damn, man, shoot me a fucking message on Instagram, tell me a story, I'll fucking, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it, I'll, I'll find other like, like uh, you know, other similar stories, and we'll come back and revisit this topic, but until then, fuck me, it, that's what I see, man, that's what... I see. Fuck. How about these fucking overpriced, fucking self-important sons of Neanderthals actually fucking fix something in some of these people for fucking once before they call themselves arrogantly tell them, tell us how fucking how, how they are the experts and these uh, alternative medicines are fucking all bullshit. Well, you know that's not what the statistics are saying. Anecdotal at this moment. And it's anecdotal at the moment, but we'll see what happens in that fucking space moving forward and see which one comes out on top. As long as the government doesn't get involved and get the greasy little mitts and this psychedelic fucking research scenario and fuck it up, I think you're going to be very surprised by the results of this moving forward. <sighs> fucking hell, that was a rant, dude. That was a rant. Well, while we're at it, might as well throw the baby out with the bathwater <laughs> is that the right term for it we're, we're all, I'm already I'm already probably pissing people off and upsetting people and saying the wrong thing so I may as well just fucking continue down this pathway and, and you know just dive deeper into the hole I've dug <laughs> um, a friend of mine a few weeks back maybe a bit longer maybe a month a couple of months ago Asked me my opinion on the voice. Obviously, I'm a, I'm an Aboriginal Australian, so he was interested in my take on it as 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 an Indigenous Australian. Um, you know, you know anyone that knows me knows that yeah. You, if you met me straight up, you'd probably think I was white. That's a lot of Indigenous Australians, though. You know, it's that's we vary very, 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 very much. Right, my dad is is part of the the Trangi local Aboriginal Land Council. Right, um, you know, we we're, we're Aboriginal. Australians, mate. So, 
they were interested in my opinion on, on The Voice and I really hadn't looked into it gave it much thought at the time, mate. There's a lot of things to concentrate on in life and I'd heard about it in the background. It really wasn't something I was concentrating on. But after that conversation, I started thinking about it. Read some articles, listened to some interviews and got my head around the concept and how I thought it would look if implemented. And then I wrote something about that. My point of view, my pontification on uh, my point of view of this issue. Uh, It's called The Voice. I wrote it down. I sent the email. It's circulated a little bit between a few people now. So I thought, why the hell not um, read it out to you guys on the podcast here and give you my opinion on The Voice. Here we go. The Voice. I have some questions. Whose idea was it? How many Australian uh, Aboriginal people are behind the idea? And what class of Aboriginal, Aboriginal people are behind the idea? Yes, there's different classes. Somewhere their trauma from all the discrimination they've endured like a badge. It's a surefire way to virtue signal to receive a free pass. Others have faced real discrimination and have had doors shut on them and have shaped the way their life has gone. Others just want to look toward building a better future and aren't looking for a leg up. There's the different classes, right? Where are our great Indigenous pioneers? This is what I want to know. Where are our trailblazers? Now, don't get me wrong. We do have and have had some incredible Aboriginal figures. Yothu Yindi, Mabo, Jacinta Price, Lydia Thorpe. Yeah, just kidding. She's a cunt. Jonathan Thurston. Look, I would have put the rapper Briggs on that list prior to COVID as well, but he proved to be a fucking idiot. He became a shill for the government's vaccination program. Never forget the Protect Nan campaign he ran, shaming people for not taking the vaccine. What a fucking dork. But seriously, where are our Malcolm X's and Martin Luther King's and Muhammad Ali's? Or even our Michael Jordan's, our Dr. Dre's, our Jay-Z's? Black Americans have forged a path for themselves in the USA and are are, are recognised globally for their impact on sport, music, art, culture. It's opened the door for them in in, in academics and business as well. The ranks of amazing, successful, talented, hardworking, breakthrough black Americans is so large and diverse that we're no longer surprised by the fact. The fact that Neil deGrasse Tyson is is black is barely even a footnote on the story of his life. It's a detail used to describe his physical appearance, if mentioned at all. This is because of the trailblazers that went before him. This is because James Brown played a live show in Boston the night after Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated to help keep the disenfranchised citizens from rioting. This is because Michael Jordan said no to Adidas and opted to be the first African-American to sign an exclusive shoe deal with Nike, who were nobodies in the basketball market at the time, because that was how he dreamed it. It's because guys like Dr. Dre and Jay-Z worked their way up from the fucking gutter with undeniable talent paired with unrelenting drive to become titans of the music industry and to build fortunes in the neighbourhood of 500 million to 1 billion, respectively. These guys didn't ask for fucking handouts. These guys didn't expect to get first dibs because of their ethnicity or because it would make things more fair. They worked their fucking asses off and took what they wanted. They set examples for other young men and women who wanted to follow the footsteps they had laid and they gave a hand to as many of those hardworking, dedicated young men and women as they could. This is the way forward. To say that Indigenous Australians don't have the same opportunities as white Australians would 
in a sense, be true. They don't have the same opportunities. They have different opportunities. And in many cases, they have more opportunity because they are Indigenous. Some Indigenous groups are at a large disadvantage because they live in dysfunctional communities surrounded by abuse and broken families. Yeah. Is this purely the fault of the Australian government or culture? No. Will these problems be solved by handouts, by more segregation, by way of special opportunities for some, by having one voice that could never truly speak for all the different cultural groups throughout the state, let alone the country? No. Things will not change and improve for Indigenous Australia until the young leaders in the community stop complaining, stop asking, stop expecting and start working until they use whatever skills it is they possess to become undeniable. Until our artists like Boppy, Log- Boppy Lockyer are in every fucking Woolworths in the country. Until our sports stars are dominating all aspects of physical competition. Until our musicians are letting the world hear their voice and demanding that they hear more. And then when they've worked, sweat, bled, grinded their way to success, carving a path for the younger generations behind them, then they turn around and give not a hand out but a hand up to their successes. That's how we change this nation. That's how we resolve the blight of the, Abor- of the Aboriginal people in this country. It's, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not a clean sweep. It's not an overnight fix. But it's a damn sight better than the current bullshit fucking model, full of empty promises and virtue signalling. You'll never save everyone, but you can turn the tide and you can change the way the country and the world views its First Nations peoples. My brothers and sisters. But it's through hard work, and persistence. It's through exploiting every opportunity, swallowing the injustices of the past, not letting them dictate your future by telling the story of our people in all its horrific sadness and then giving others the solution and the inspiration by way of example. It will never come from something someone gives you. It'll never be bargained for from the government. It will not be scraps gathered off someone else's table. It won't be received. It'll only be taken. And that's it. That's my opinion on not just the voice, but on the way uh, we as Australian uh, Aboriginal people move forward. And fucking, I think that's, I think I said enough. (laughs) I think I said enough. Uh, Look, man, that's it. That's all I got for you. Music wise, Jelly Roll is a country sort of hip-hop artist Uh, He was on Joe Rogan Experience a few weeks back But I've already been listening to him for a couple of years now Super deep, authentic um, Yeah, uh, artist man with just a great story Listen to the podcast Um, I've been getting into his music I've been getting into a lot of country lately Really authentic sort of country western type guys um, Zach Bryan as well um, Coulter Wall I'm just loving these real deep Fucking singer-songwriters Who are really authentic And just um, yeah, just Such a great fucking genre there, man But big, big um, uh, Recommendation from me to check out Jelly Roll If you like that that outlaw country style music With that country mix with hip-hop type music as well Really cool, man Um yeah, man, been loving that, been digging that, uh, and yeah, I guess that's probably it for. That's why I t- chose to come in with a bit of a, 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 a sentimental style country song this morning. I've been digging the country again lately. Such a good genre, it's so deep, so many different sub genres, so much music, so many great like songwriters. 
in the country uh, space, man, which I've been loving lately. So, yeah, that's probably it for music, probably it for media. It's probably it for me for now, for one more week. So thanks for listening. Sorry for ranting on a few separate issues here today but that's what i've been writing uh it's been two weeks since i did a podcast that's the kind of shit i've been writing so you know i gotta come and tell you what i've been talking about what i've been thinking about that's what we did today uh much love love you all yeah been a rough trot for me lately it's why i was missed the podcast again lately it has been a fucking rough trot mate not gonna sit here and lie to you guys and say it's all fucking it's all roses because it ain't but we're uh, we're trying man and we hopefully we can keep moving forward and, and get better from here so i hope you guys enjoyed the podcast share it subscribe to the youtube channel likes so, you know fucking follow me on the old instagram mate tell your mates about the podcast help get those numbers up all right love you guys take it easy uh, happy sunday and uh, average man podcast episode 151 over and out peace